0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest with me here today. Estee, thank you so much for being here. Just for our guests before we dive in, Estee and I have a great friendship outside of business. And I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is finding your tribe and how to have people to support you when you're in business, because most of the time in our personal lives, that isn't always the case. People don't really understand what we're doing and it can sometimes feel misaligned. So Esty, thank you so much for being here.
1: Caitlin, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for today. We've definitely spoken about so many different topics. And for everyone who doesn't know me, I am a certified spiritual life coach. I do a lot of motivational coaching. Uh, I call it love coaching really because unconditional love is my mission. I am a CLO, which is a chief love officer of Our New Energy with my best friend. And it is a spiritual launchpad to help you express the real you to live your life and be successful. And it's a a monthly membership. So that's really what I'm a part of right now and working on.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I love how you lead with love, you know, like love, love, love. (laughs) That's going to be like the topic of the day. If this was a drinking episode, we'll do like kombucha shots.
1: (laughs) I'm in. I love it. Spiritual whole space. We got the kombucha shots going.
0: It's like a drinking game, but it's so true. Like love is the first mission in most of our businesses, even for our listeners. A lot of them identify, and I also identify as a highly sensitive, empathic, very intuitive person. So we get caught up in our emotions. But when we can divine and really divide our businesses into really giving love, that can feed our souls and also feed others, which is really the mission, which I love that you mentioned. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you fell into this line of work?
1: Ooh, I think as a cliche, it started as me being, uh, I don't like saying hopeless romantic, so I switched it to hopeful romantic. I think a lot of reading books and I'm a classic lover, like Jane Austen all the way over here. I think a lot of that really, fed my mind with a lot of beautiful ideas and outcomes. And I think love has become a huge part of that. You know, sunnier vibes all the time, right? Living life through rose-colored lenses. And I don't mean jaded in any way or naive. I mean, really understanding. And we've talked about this, a scenario and being able to see life and acknowledge that there's things that happen in the world and there's a lot of chaos and leading in with the fuel of love, like knowing that you're going to do everything you can. And one of my biggest mottos and mantras is working with what you've got. I'm not a huge believer in like trying to really go outside of such a huge space where it's overwhelming for you. So a lot of how I got into this was I was speaking to fairly random strangers, friends, coworkers at some point, and started understanding that I became this like person where people could talk to. And I would love to talk to them and hear their life story and see how there's this Clarity within it. There's this balance of life, and I think when you, you know, when you've ever spoken to someone that is positive and you feel good, and you're like, wow, my life is not as bleak as I thought it was, or like I want it to be that person, that cheerleader for people. And in my clubbing days, way back when, <laughs> I used to be the cheerleader, and that actually was my nickname. And so I think I got into a lot of coaching and being with people and their spaces and this growth journey is being that cheerleader because I absolutely love it. And it's challenging, don't get me wrong, but it's something that I think really fuels my life and my soul, really. It's a soul mission. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I resonate with that so much, like especially coming out of social media and trying to align something that feels so out of alignment to who I am and take a different perspective. You know, there's a craft to that,
1: you know? Definitely. 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 Yeah. And there was a point in my, in my life where I was a customer service agent, you know, the, the person behind the chat boxes when you're looking at shoes or something, that was me. And also the person you called on the phone when your FedEx package was late, that was also me. And I noticed doing that, that there was this idea of being this like moderator, right? Trying to find a balance, like helping people. And it's so interesting being in that entrepreneurial business space. There was an aspect of it that resonated with me clearly, which was the people, the conversations. But the whole corporation, the whole aspect of it on a larger scale did not resonate with me. And I think it took a lot of, frankly, courage and also a huge sit down with myself to to say, ask myself, what is it that I want? What do I want to do? Do I want to sit in a space nine to five? I was literally at a computer from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. And at one point I thought, how are my eyes not shot? <laughs> I ended up getting those blue light glasses and I hate wearing glasses. So it's so interesting. I don't hate, I dislike wearing glasses. So it's so interesting having that shift. And we've talked about it before and I'm sure you resonated with that. What was it like for you? Yeah.
0: I mean, it was crazy. Like when people talk about your healing journey being, not peaceful or being like really challenging. I found that first step of not lying to myself anymore about who I thought that I should be was the hardest one for me. Like, wow. It really got to the point where I had to choose my health or my life, you know, like it was like one thing or my career path,
1: you know, was there a pressure for it? Do you think to be this person outside or did it come from you within? Do you think?
0: I think it was both, you know, like I'm definitely a perfectionist. I know a lot of our highly sensitives also identify as that. And the internal pressure is what probably caused me to have health issues. You know, like the external pressure wasn't causing high blood pressure. So that's where I had to start to like bridge how much is the pressure coming external versus like me just interpreting it as that, you know
1: yeah oh my gosh, it's I'm so glad you're saying that. I think one of the biggest things in any work space or business space is to really ask yourself, who do I want to be in this? Yeah. Like not the other way around, not allow the business side to craft you, but you craft the business space. right? You craft your entrepreneurial journey. like what does that look like for you? And it's such an interesting question because your whole life, for 20 some odd years of it, people are telling you and you're feeling this pressure. my parents all thought I was going to be a lawyer or a diplomat of the United Nations, okay? <laughs> or the president of the United States at one point. This I was really, it. this was going around for a bit. And I was thinking, wow, that's a lot to live up to. I have no idea even where to start. I really don't. I have no idea. I was like, what, what does the president of the United States do on a daily basis before their president? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea. And I think when I asked myself, like, who do I want to be in this space? I simply wanted to be someone who embodied love, who was exciting and and positive and felt like there was hope and did things in that way. And I think we talked about this, like one of the biggest struggles is like finances. I think that really hits people and we don't talk about it in this space for some reason.
0: Because everyone's afraid, you know, like the second you bring up money, everyone has so many money blocks, money beliefs, and it's generational, you know, like my grandparents were born in the great depression. So money was not talked about ever, you know, like they just felt lucky to have food on the table at times. So everyone has their different perspective on money. And then it's like, if they've had one negative conversation about it before, oh my God, you know, bury that beneath every possible conversation Yes, that one could have.
1: <laughs> it's crazy how how ingrained that feels in society. And I'll be, I'll share something. I've been struggling with this like financial mindset a bit. It's that scarcity that just creeps up on you. I mean, and it comes from out of nowhere, you know, the thought of, okay, I love what I'm doing, but it's asked that question of, oh my God, do I go get another corporate job to, you, you know, Keep me at bay for the next three weeks, a month, two months, whatever it is, or is it, do I really follow my passions and trust in that? And it's a really hard. It feels like a battle, right? What do what do you, what do you have for that, uh, for that? Like, what is your advice on that?
0: I'm so glad you're asking this. Um, cause it comes up all the time and I'll be honest with you. My best friend is an entrepreneur and she just decided to go back to work full time.
1: Wow. That yeah. must've been a really challenging decision for her. Really
0: hard. You know, I think she's been an entrepreneur for seven years now. Wow. So it, it's been a really long time. And I think it, everyone is situational, right? So if you have other people that are depending on you finances wise, like kids, fiancés, if something happens to their health, like you might have to go back to work and get health care. You know, there's right. certain situational conversations that can arise. But I find for me personally, whenever I'm having that scarcity conversation, it's stemming from somewhere else in my life, you know, there's something else that's happening that's causing me to go down that scarcity rabbit hole. And it might be that leads aren't coming in as quickly as they were before, like pretty pretty logical issues, right? But then I have to ask myself, like, what have I done to bring the leads in for the past six weeks, you know?
1: Right. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. I didn't think about that. So do you think it's, do you think it's ever really financially related or do you think it really comes from a different source that there's some kind of scarcity in your life outside of finances even? That's what I believe for myself. Okay.
0: That's the pattern that I've identified like within me. So what a lot of my coaches tell me now is like, well, what if it did work out? Because it always ends up working out every time.
1: Why do we always jump to the worst case scenario? And it's so interesting because the worst case scenario almost never happens. But I think to survive we feel that way. And it's so interesting because one and you asked it, the one of, one of my favorite questions is what if this goes better than I thought? Than I ever imagined possible. And what if it does? And it usually always does. Like you you always make it through that month, right? You always make it through that financial scarcity and somehow you come out of the other end and you're like, why was I worrying? Like what? Yeah. (laughs) What, What was going through my head? I don't know. Right. And like,
0: for me, it also got to the point, like in my healing journey, it got, it literally put me in this position of what was I missing during those months that I was sitting in scarcity? Like what, what, did I block out from potentially coming in to save me out of that scarcity? And it can be as small as like a conversation with your significant other, you
1: know? Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So you felt that there were things that were blocking you from attracting what it is like during that scarcity period? Totally. Because
0: I'm like so laser focused on the scarcity and the lack. You know, it was like, and then everywhere I started to look, it's like lack, 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 you know, like, it's kind of like when you think about getting a new car and you start to see that car everywhere.
1: Yes. Or a number or a color. It happens. What do you focus on really manifests? You know, um, if you know, Esther Hicks, the teachings of Abraham's, she always talks about this idea of a pocket. Like there's a difference between venting or going into a pocket and a pocket is essentially where you start to, you start to recognize a scarcity, but then you fall deep into the rabbit hole of scarcity. And you're in this pocket where it's like, if you see the pocket and you don't go to it, then it's not going to freak you out. It's not going to happen. It's not ignoring it. It's simply allowing it to be there and choosing to focus on something else. Right. On that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, and like, if anyone's in scarcity or like Essie's explaining that she's feeling some of these emotions, this is a good thing. You know, like this is the way out. This is the roadmap out of the scarcity. So the more you can start to sit in it, right? And be like, whoa, this feels gnarly. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like right. I start to have like real conversations with me. I'm like, why am I doing this to me? Nobody's coming to me being like, look at how much lack you have. Right, <laughs> right. You know, like, it's right. just, I'm doing right. it.
1: Which is important. And that, you said this earlier, and part of also spreading unconditional love is being loving to yourself. Ask yourself these questions. You said this earlier, where do I lack something? Where does it feel like I'm missing something out of life? Where's that by, by vastity, like the excitement, uh, where can I focus on? I mean, what if you haven't, like for me, I hadn't really done like physical exercise in a bit. So I was feeling very like antsy. And I think when I was focusing on that, I was thinking, well, instead of, utilizing that time to focus on scarcity, go on a freaking walk. I mean, just get out for 10 minutes. It helps because during that walk, I was walking with my best friend and I was able to talk and vent and let go so much blocked energy, you know? Yeah.
0: I love that you brought that up. Like when you're feeling that in your body physically, like this was the other type of scenarios that I started had to feel out with myself because of like my diagnosis of PTSD, which a lot of listeners have heard me talk about like in depth. I had to look at my body, you know, it was like, actually, where is this sitting? For me, I get really tense shoulders when I'm stressed out, like scarcity hits and my shoulders are literally so tense, you know? Yeah. So it's a whole nother signal of your subconscious. Like if my body isn't moving, even if it's just a walk, like we can start out very small, like little yoga movement. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Try and touch your toes. Anything. Yeah. (laughs) Like do anything. Right. Yeah.
0: Take a quick stretch. I love that you said that. Yeah. Like just checking in.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can start to see like, okay, what's happening subconsciously. Am I picking up on these scarcities before I'm even consciously picking up on them?
1: Yes. That's amazing. That's powerful. And I think Something, you know, you've heard me say before, live life in bite sizable slices, which essentially means do things at your own pace. Right. I think for all the listeners out there, I mean, it could be as simple as stretching your arms if you're sitting at your desk all day long. If you can take a walk, do that. If you can go outside, get some fresh air. It's anything that I think because that moves your body, because I think energy gets trapped everywhere in your shoulders and your legs your stomach and when you move it helps you process things and also you have someone to talk to go talk to them I mean that's why friendship I value so much our friendship with my one of my best friends I mean just being able to express yourself and the things and the worries you are going through it just helps move everything right yeah you've got to be able to talk about it, you know, that's
0: when trauma can start to fester and create other different, you know, health concerns or mental concerns. So absolutely, like talking about well, that's why the, I love this show and like how we're talking about the finances because so many people don't talk about it. And then it like creates this belief. It's like, oh my God, I can never talk about it then, you know?
1: Yes. And by the way, this is why, and I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit it. We all, and I have definitely experienced this scarcity mindset, financial scarcity. It happens, I think, to almost all po- entrepreneurs. You were helping me with this earlier <laughs> of helping me feel like I'm not the only one experiencing this. I was looking at other jobs. It's okay. I think going through this mindset is helpful for me to recognize what it is I actually love, right? It's so interesting. I feel like, have you ever had that moment where when you're feeling like you're in a pocket and then you're looking at alternatives, like, okay, I'll go get this job, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden it helps you come back to yourself and move with your convictions even more fiercely. Like, don't you feel that, when you are going through that, all of a sudden you're like, no, I want to do what I'm doing even more. So right. Your convictions grow. I think that's what's happening for me.
0: Perfectly said. Like All of these emotions that we're experiencing as entrepreneurs, unfortunately, are a part of the journey, you know, and everybody has them at different levels because they're coming in with their past traumas and someone might experience scarcity a year in versus two years in, you know, really intense where they're applying to jobs or looking externally for income. And not in like a productive sense. Like, I just want to make that clear. Like, it's not like (laughs) going out, like, you know, looking for like stocks or something. Right. (laughs) Like right now, like, how can we make money? Like we got to pay bills at the end. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, Which is a real fear. Like, these are all real things that. And they're
1: valid. And they're so valid.
0: Yeah. Especially in today's society. Like, we're kind of paving this new world where we don't know what could happen. You know, like we don't know how all of this is going to pan out, but we want to lead with love. We want to see people in all of these authentic stages of their journey. Like, I find it so amazing that you're sitting here sharing this, you know, because a few months ago when I was pivoting, I was also looking at jobs, you know, like I still get the Indeed emails, you know, from like yes. Years, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, they still pop up on your inbox, no matter how many times you unsubscribe. I don't know how, but it's a beautiful reminder, I think, when those jobs pop up, that you're really moving with conviction in what you're doing right now. And I think it's okay to have these panic moments. I actually think it's helpful. I mean, don't stay in them, but if you can move through them, right? And that's so beautiful. You love to see people in their journey. I think it's so amazing to be able to have this space to speak about this right because people don't talk about it
0: no and how you said it kind of lights that fire like reignites everything that was crumbled by the scarcity the scarcity is kind of like a wet blanket you know everything's the problem we're the problem (laughs) oh my god fuck you know
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) doomsday over here apparently <laughs> yes I
0: use that term all the time because my boyfriend also works in corporate America so like I want to make this very clear scarcities does not only exist as an entrepreneur scarcity is in every single person's lives and even though we think that having a job is secure we've all now lived through 2020 and the mass layoffs <laughs> are still happening you Right. Know? right like, So we think, right, we've been programmed with all these words to think that it's secure. But for me, I had to have the conversations with myself, like, I'm the most secure thing in my life. If I can pour into myself, make myself the foundation for everything else, then I'm the secure one, right? Like, I don't have to depend on everybody else for security. And I think that that's really what the journey of entrepreneur entrepreneurs go on, you know?
1: Yes. I love that. I really felt that it's so true. Making yourself that foundation sets you up for everything else because the only constant in your life is really you. Yeah, it is. And so your mindset, the words you feed yourself with the things you think are what help you go through day to day. Because if you're really frankly in a shitty mindset every day, you're the only person in that nobody else. Right. <laughs> and so, do us do yourselves a favor, right? And create a beautiful space for yourself in your mind, in your heart, in your body, right?
0: Yeah. I heard a talk a few years ago, actually, and this woman on there, I can't remember her name, but she was like, I want to live my life as a meditation. Like, I don't want meditation to only be for 20 minutes in the morning. Like I want to meditate constantly throughout my life. Wow. And I was like, wow, like that is like (laughs) blowing, you know, like I get out of my meditation. I'm like sweating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I think if you apply it, like you embody the life you want to live each and every day and you go out and do it, it gets easier. I mean, you were even saying scarcity took you a few years, right? It's not a one-stop shop and then you're great, done, (laughs) chick-chock. It's not...
0: Yeah. And like, even now, like it could come back, you know, like there's moments where I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I didn't get that client or I should have seen that through, but I truthfully believe there's no mistakes, you know, and it's all a different avenue for learning. So taking that perspective back and just like, again, reminding myself, it always works out. Because even if I do end up having to get this job and this amazing dream job falls into my lap, that's almost like I am an entrepreneur, but I work for somebody else. Like we have no clue, you know, right. where exactly. are the job market's even heading because people are changing. People are evolving. They want something different. And the world will have to adjust to that now.
1: Yeah, the business world itself is adjusting the market itself. I mean, it's reinventing the wheel really is what's going on. And yeah. I think we're all adjusting with it. And I think it's okay. And so go through these scarcities, up and downs. We'll all make it throughout. We did. We're still going. Yeah. <laughs> we're still chugging along. Yes, totally. And like we as highly sensitive.
0: The one thing that my coach always says, she'll say like, it feels like we're going to die. You know, like it feels that intense. Like at times it's like, oh my God, how am I going to survive this? challenge, you know, like whatever it may be, how am I going to make it through? Sometimes it's even a moment that you're having with a client that's maybe not positive. Right. Right. And like we as highly sensitives are like, we're doing everything wrong. We caused all the problems. Oh my God, it's happening. The worst case scenario. (laughs) But I'm living out my
1: nightmares here. What do I do? It's like all your cells are like running around in your body like, ah, you know, <laughs> like screaming. In that Spongebob episode where he's in his head and he's looking for his name, you know, where he's flipping through all the pages and files and he can't find his name. I feel like that's me sometimes. <laughs>
0: That is me 100% love Spongebob. Great comic relief. If you're having fun today, go watch <laughs> <It
1: is>. Spongebob. <laughs> go watch Spongebob. If you're, there's one takeaway, Spongebob is a cure, apparently a cure-all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's a great actual conversation, like combating scarcity with humor and laughter and like moving your body, like laughter. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of laughter therapy or like laugh therapy, but that's a real thing, you know, like your body's in moving the energy. You're able to express yourself, you know?
1: Yeah. I have a a homework for everyone. Go out and laugh today. Go out and get that really guttural belly laugh. Go watch something or crack a joke. Talk to a friend, go out and laugh. I think that feels like I'm going to do that today. That's my goal of today.
0: Good. Yeah. That's such a great goal. Sometimes on my stories, I post like daily dose of laughter, like funny ass reels that I've seen. I'm i I like, love that. Everyone needs to see this. Like, this is hilarious. <laughs> Half the time they're dog reels because obviously I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It doesn't. It's perfect. Well, it gives you a laugh. It moves your energy and you feel amazing after.
0: Totally. Now, Essie, can you tell us like what you do with your clients, how people can get in touch with you? I think it's so inspiring how vulnerable you were today on today's episode. And I just want to hold space and thank you for that. I know so many of our listeners are going to resonate with exactly what you've said. So I know they'll want to get in touch with
1: you. Uh, thank you for the space as well. I love this. You're absolutely amazing. You know this. We fell in love with being BFFs from the beginning. So I love this. Um, I am uh, reachable at uh, Instagram, Life with SDK. You can also send me a e- uh, message uh, or via email, um, sdk.co at gmail.com. Or if you look up um, ournewenergy.co, you'll hit go to scroll to the bottom, just contact me. We're, we're all up there. Yay. And when in doubt, contact you and you can forward them. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Text me at any time or DM me at any time. I'm happy to connect you with SC. If you guys are multitasking, we'll have all of her links below and don't forget to check out the membership that SC is a part of. Do you want to share anything else about that with our listeners before
1: you go? Yeah. So I think one of the core principles of this membership, it's a community of like-minded people. so you know this feeling and especially in our space of feeling alone in something it's a beautiful community of people that really interact with each other. there's a weekly like live Q and A's you have what we call guides that are interacting with each other and with the people, the members, right we call them light warriors. and the number one I think one of the number one principles is to be able to unfuck with, with the ble express yourself. Yeah. That is the goal and I think standing in that power, And being able to do that through the modules you'll listen to, meditations we've got going on. You can even speak to guides like me or my friend or Michael, who's the founder. It's amazing. I mean, just have this community of beautiful people. And so that sounds like something that resonates with you. We're here for you. We genuinely are here for you. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be a part of.
0: That's lovely. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Thank you so much. This was so great. And I will chat with you soon. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.